Welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show with your hosts, Tyler Chef and Leo Young. It's time to learn to earn. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast, episode 10. In today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about self-directed IRAs and how you can use them fully to your advantage. So stay tuned for the Cashflow Guys. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. As usual, I'm Leo Young, and to my left is my partner, Tyler Chef. And Tyler, we're talking uh, today in episode. What episode are we on? We're on number ten right episode now. Aren't 10, we? Yeah, episode absolutely. ten, yeah. Episode ten. We're going to be talking a little bit about self-directed IRAs, uh, and uh, this is everybody needs to listen to this episode. And you guys who are listening to this episode, I need you to get your friends to listen to this episode because this is super chock full of ninja secrets on uh, how to really make your IRA perform. But before we get too deep into it, uh, just a brief overview of the IRAs. Tyler, talk a little bit about uh, IRAs. You know, in my opinion, self-directed IRAs are one of the most powerful retirement planning tools you can have. No doubt. You know, traditionally, when you you have a, a 401k or a traditional IRA, and you're and you're not in, you don't have the self direction element in place. You don't have any control over what goes on with your investments. Yeah, they're just they're just investing. the The managers are investing as they see fit. Absolutely, adding that layer of self direction puts you in complete control over what goes on with your IRA, what it does, how it profits. Uh, there's of course there's some guidelines and whatnot that have to be followed, like anything. But the, our government allows us to do this. Yeah, and it's one of those things where folks um, can be a little scared of that. And there are folks out there that listen to this podcast that really say, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to go out. I want to make my money. I want to put it in something for retirement. I don't want to know about it until I retire. And we're not a big fan of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to count pennies and dollars and things like that. I want to know where my money is going. I want to be able to break down that performing prospectus when I see it come in the mail. And uh, for me, I want to be able to control where my money is going. That's the big thing. Well, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people ask, is it legal to purchase non-traditional assets during using my IRA? And the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, in 1974, they started the, the what they call uh, ERISA, the Employment Retirement Income Security Act. That passed the, re- the responsibility of retirement saving from the employer to the employee. And then in 1975, IRAs provided individuals a chance to direct their retirement funds where they're, where they're invested and what they're invested in. Yeah, so what does that mean for the, the people that are listening to this podcast? You get to choose well absolutely and there's you know the the list of what you cannot invest in is shorter than the list of what you can invest in and some of the most common things that are excluded is life insurance contracts uh, collectibles such as works of art rugs art uh, jewelry things like that antiquities these are things that you are prohibited from investing in with a self-directed ira but there's just a huge host of options available what you can invest in and one of my favorite subject is real estate absolutely we love it and for more information on uh the tax code and what you can and can't do with that revenue code section 401 uh just dive into that if you go to irs.org you can find the revenue code section there 401 and dig a little deeper uh on what we're talking about 
Now, I will say that you know, when we before we start this episode, we are not tax professionals. We're not attorneys. Nope. If you ha- want to get detailed information on what the topics that we're talking about today, reach out to a tax professional or reach out to an attorney that specializes in self-direction and, and things like that. Uh, my attorney, one of my attorneys, Matt Sorensen, wrote the book on self-directed IRAs, and it's called, affectionately, the Self-Directed IRA Handbook. As in literally wrote the book. Literally wrote the book. <laughs> and this book is a huge resource. I keep it in my briefcase everywhere I go. It's, it costs you, I don't know, anywhere between 10 and 20 bucks on Amazon. Well worth it. It's not complicated to read. Explains the do's and don'ts. It's a great resource. And if you have questions, I believe Matt does a 15-minute consultation. He's with KKOSLawyers.com, KKOSLawyers. Great, great, great resource uh, when you're thinking about self-directing your IRA. But going back to what we're talking about, uh, the investment opportunities that are available in real estate, single multifamily homes, apartment buildings, Cash flowing properties, rentals, tax deeds, liens. Yes, you can buy tax deeds and tax liens in your IRA. Mm-hmm. Improved or unimproved raw land, mobile homes, if they're on their own lots. Right. That's real estate. Mm-hmm. Notes and mortgages, people think. You know, unsecured notes, secured notes, they can be backed by deeds of trust, mortgage notes, automotive paper. I know um, one of our IRA administrators he he invests in tractor trailers uh, yeah. truck, tr- truck drivers need a they can't get a bank loan to buy a tractor trailer he loans them the money charges them interest over time gets a lien against the truck and does it all within his ira precious metals another popular uh resource to invest in his pre- precious metals can also be done with your self-directed ira gives you control over the timing you know the prices go up they go down whatever you can buy and sell precious metals within your ira Private placements, another good section. You can invest in LLCs, partnerships, joint ventures, privately held stocks, things like that. You want to get involved in a business, a pizza shop, something like that. You can do that through your self-directed IRA. The thing is with the self-directed IRA is you have to, all the proceeds, the, the profit, the upside has to roll directly back into the IRA. That is the IRS regulations. They do that for a reason because the whole idea why you're doing this is for retirement. So keep that in mind. You also cannot commingle your own cash with your IRA's cash. Big point. Big Huge point. point. However, you can invest with other people that are not what they call prohibited to you. or, or uh, You can invest match up with another IRA owner, somebody else's cash, put it together in a deal. There's all kinds of opportunities. So we thought we'd take this episode with a little bit of Q&A. Uh, and kind of help you answer some of the most common questions that people have. Right. Well, the big thing that that you just mentioned, I want to make sure we reiterate to our uh, listeners, is the IRA, consider it an entity, like a roommate or or, or something like that, a partner. The monies that uh, are accumulated or earned from the distribution of the IRA have to go back into the IRA. Absolutely. You're not going to profit from it. Um, your IRA is going to profit from it because it is a retirement account, individual retirement account. The design is so you can amplify that money for retirement when you're no longer either able to work or you're no longer willing to work. So that's really what we're trying to do with it. So, um, again, you want to go to tax code 401 and look at the details a little bit. Certainly want to have some consults with attorneys and folks that specialize and things like that. Um, But uh, the big thing I want to make sure that that you guys realize is that money's got to go back into that IRA. 
that's where it originates. That's where it's got to end as well. You know, a common question that we have is, why haven't I heard about this before? How come nobody's told me about yeah, it? No, just, this isn't taught. Is this something new? It's absolutely not new. It's no. been going on since the 70s. You know, and a lot of the IRA custodians out there, not the self-directed IRA custodians, but custodians in general, your, your big, your um, fidelities and things like that, they... Their focus is the stock market. That's how. That's their niche. That's what they understand. And they, they've got managers in place to manage these big funds. And generally, the they don't have the time, or it's not profitable for them to oversee your real estate investments and things like that. So self direction for them doesn't necessarily make sense for their business model. It does right. not mean that it's illegal. It just means that Fidelity or Smith Barney or whoever, it doesn't fit into their business model. So they require you to invest in what they believe in and what fits their business model. Which is perfectly fine. But it's not, like you said, you're not going to see brochures all over the place on the self-direction of the IRA and how you can use it and things that you can do with it and all of that kind of stuff. Really, those guys are driving their retirement systems and their retirement plans most of the time in a little bit of a different direction. But this is gaining a lot of ground. We just came back from a seminar we were um, able to participate in, in a huge seminar in Orlando. And uh, folks out there did a wonderful job. And you can see those folks. They were actual customers that were using their IRA to drive that income retirement up. And they were telling stories about properties they found and notes they bought and joint ventures they were making and all these success stories uh, using their IRA funds to really jump forward and uh, move that money uh, into a real positive direction. Now, folks, what we're going to do, we're going to take just a break for a second. When we come back, we're going to dive a little deeper into the self-directed IRA. So stay tuned. We are the Cashflow Guys. Future Home Realty is a proud sponsor of the Cashflow Guys podcast. Our philosophy is to provide our agents with the best education in the industry, matched with an aggressive compensation plan that makes sense for you. Future Home agents make more because they keep more, a lot more. If you are a licensed agent and you're trapped by a compensation plan that is not in your favor, give us a call at 727-417-9696. That's 727-417-9696. Today is the day to take control of your career and your checkbook. Welcome back, folks. Cashflow Guys podcast. I'm Leo Young. That's Tyler Chef, And we're talking about self-directed IRAs. And uh, Tyler, we, we left off with a break. We were talking about the, the power of the self-directed IRA, which we both know is just tremendous. But I want to pick up a little bit talking about the attorneys or, or, or folks that people will talk to that maybe they don't quite know enough information and um, they, they don't know that <laughs> they'll say things like, well, you can't do that or that's illegal or you can't use your retirement funds that way. Um, speak to that point a little bit, if you would. Yeah, we hear that a lot. And neither the IRS nor the Department of Labor has ever published a list of legal investments. There is a list of prohibited transactions and disqualified persons uh, but there's no list of illegal investments. Real estates and other investments are permitted, provided you follow the rules. That's the key. You know, you follow the rules and you work with a third-party administrator that will help you, a custodian, IRA custodian, that will help keep you compliant. They actually have compliance departments that when you make an investment, there's certain paperwork and checks and balances that are put into place that goes through your 
administrator to a compliance department. That compliance department's job is to make sure that it is compliant, that it follows IRS code. And if it's not, they'll kick it back and they won't fund the investment. Yeah, so you've got some safeguards safeguards in place in there to keep you from making a mistake. Correct. So the folks who are listening to the show, it's like, okay, that seems like a ominous prospect to start diving into my retirement account to pull money out to invest in something like this. I don't know enough about that, but it's not true. Putting your administrator on your action team to help you with that, that's their job. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what they do. I mean, I know people that, <laughs> I know a guy that uses a self-directed IRA to loan money for jet skis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. buys jet skis using a self-directed IRA off a of Craigslist. He, you know, he gets the check and, and buys the jet ski, and then he puts them back on Craigslist, sells them on terms for with on payments. Takes like I don't know five thousand dollars down, let's say, on a jet ski that he paid five thousand dollars for, and he charges eight, nine, ten percent interest. He takes monthly payments into his IRA, purposely structures it over a year. So you can avoid some of the taxation things that can happen if you do short-term investments in your IRA. Has a promissory note in place, puts a lien against the the vehicle, and and does quite well actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it it like you said, there's no list of things you can't do. There are a list of prohibiteds. So yes, go into the tax code, look at tax code four hundred one. You can dive into there a little bit more. But taking it a little bit further, um, there are all kinds of retirement plans out there: SEPs, traditionals. Um, all kinds of stuff that aren't, are not or may not qualify as the self-direction. Can you consolidate an IRA, just a typical IRA, contributory, non-contributory, doesn't matter, into something different? Absolutely, absolutely. Your traditional IRA and your SEP IRAs can be consolidated into a single traditional IRA. Uh, a simple IRA, as long as you've had it two years, you can put that into a traditional IRA. And you could take multiple Roth IRAs and con- consolidate those into a single Roth IRA. So that's absolutely allowable. Yeah, not a problem. Now, there are folks out there, there are listeners that say, okay, that's all fine and good, but I don't have an IRA. I work for uh, company XYZ, and they provide a 401k plan. That's different. 401k is a tax code, obviously. Absolutely. So they provide a 401k. So is that directable? It is directable. Uh, self-directed IRAs, a lot of people that have the 401ks, check with the plan administrator uh, at your place of work or whoever they've hired to the benefits department or something like that. Find out if there are, if they allow a rollover or an early withdrawal into in which you would then take that distribution. They call it an in-service distribution or in-service transfer. In some cases, like uh, Verizon employees, for example, if you work for Verizon, your mm-hmm. plan, I find out because several of our investors work for Verizon, you can take up to 25% of the proceeds of your 401k and roll and get a distribution in service transfer. You can take that money out penalty-free as long as you roll it into an, an IRA. So you can take it from the 401 Correct. Obviously, there are, you got to call the administrators on both sure, ends to absolutely. make sure you can take it out of the 401, certain amounts of it, and put it into something that is self-directed, a self-directed IRA. Correct. There are a portion of 401k plans out there that do allow that to happen. Not all of them, of course, but there are several that do. Uh, additionally, if you left that employer and you still have that 401k in place, let's say you worked for, I don't know, Walmart. You had a 401k plan with Walmart. Now you work at Sears. You are able to roll that over. Uh, into a self-directed IRA without taking any penalty. Right, which is a huge benefit for folks out there because we remember 
because it was not that long ago, and many of us got stung with it, the 401k crash a few years ago where those 401ks plummeted and folks lost all kinds of money in that. So they thought they were diversified, but we're talking about even bigger levels of diversification. So even keeping your 401k, carving out portions of that to a self-directed fund. So you're talking about diversification inside diversification. Absolutely. Which is better. And then, of course, with that diver- diversification, with the self-direction, i.e. the first two words, self-direction, you determine where the money is going. Absolutely. Not yeah. just the administrator. Yeah. Now, if we move a little, we, we talked about some stuff, real estate, precious metals, coins, things like that. Obviously, Tyler and I work primarily in real estate for a lot of these folks. Let's talk a little bit about what you can't do. I think it's important to talk just a little bit about some prohibited transactions. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Prohibited transmit transactions. You know, your retirement plan is intended to benefit you when you retire, not before. Yes. And that's the thing, the mistake people make when they're asking a lot of questions. Transactions that can be interpreted as providing an immediate financial gain to the account holder. And when I say immediate, I mean pre-retirement. And other disqualified persons are not allowed. Uh, For example, as an IRA holder, you cannot borrow money from or lend to the IRA. Right. The IRA, like you said, Leo, in your analogy, is a separate entity. You can't sell, exchange, or lease property to the IRA to your IRA or from your IRA to yourself. For example, you can't go buy a bed and breakfast in the Keys and with your IRA and then go stay in it. Or even buy a college condo for your kid out of your IRA and have them stay in it. Exactly. You, can, you can't use the IRA as a security for a loan. You can't pledge it as a security vehicle for a loan. That's, a, that's considered a prohibited transaction. You can't transfer the income from the plan or the assets to disqualified persons, and we'll talk about disqualified persons in a moment. Um, you cannot lend IRA money to disqualified persons. Right, okay? right. And generally those are people that are closely related to you. You can't furnish goods and services or facilities to disqualified persons. So if somebody, when we get into the disqualified persons, if you that would be the analogy. You buy a place and you let a disqualified person stay in it. That's a big no-no. Um, you can't allow fiduciaries to obtain or use the plan's income or assets for their own interest. You know, it really comes down to self-dealing. The whole idea is for you to benefit in retirement. Yes. Okay. Not before. And these are the questions you have to ask yourself. Am I benefiting from this today? And if the answer is yes, then you can pretty much bank on it being a prohibited transaction. And I can tell you, folks, don't go down that road. Don't make those mistakes. The penalties are tremendous. Absolutely. Well, then that all bears to the point about having that action team in place where you, if you have one of these accounts or one of these funds, you need to know who your administrator is, who's assigned to you to ask questions about this and to gain that compliance edge. That's what they do. That's their job. Absolutely. And they're there to protect you. So you know, they, they tend to make things sometimes a little tedious. And, you know, I work with IRA administrators on a regular basis when we, t- when we do private lending and things like that. And, yeah, they can provide certain challenges, but I'm glad they're there because it provides that extra layer of security, those, that system of checks and balances that puts them in place. And, you know, in doing what we do in real estate, we've got all kinds of people that are running around going, oh, can you give me a quick hundred grand so I can flip this house? They don't have a plan. They, no. they're, they're not doing paperwork. They're not placing liens against the property. They're not taking the steps to protect the lender. 
It's foolish. It's it's absolutely foolish. And working within a self-directed IRA helps absolve you of these risks to some degree because it provides that extra layer of checks and balances. You may get excited about the money you're going to make. And that may be great. Oh, my God, I'm going to make all this money if I do this. Well, that administrator is there to protect you. They're going to look at this and say, well, we can't cut you a check until we have a promissory note. Right. Where's what, you know, do you understand that there's in this promissory note does not call for a lien against the asset? Right. And do you understand the inherent risks in that, that you could lose your retirement plan monies and all the upside and all that if based on the way this is written, these are things that you have to consider. So sometimes it's like having that best friend or that little angel on your shoulder going, Hey, you're about to lose a lot of money. Yeah, that little devil and the angel kind of thing. Just have angels. Right. Just, you, just have angels. Are That's you all sure you, need. you want to do this? Because we tell people all the time, hire an attorney to review documents. Do they listen to us? No, because, oh, my gosh, you mean I have to go spend three, $400 for my attorney to tell me what I probably already know, that this is a bad deal? Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a good investment to spend $400 to protect myself from losing $100,000. Right, exactly. You exactly. Know, it baffles well, the mind. The other thing is the administrator is going to get in trouble. If the account is flagged, well, folks, what we're going to do right now is take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about the self-directed IRAs. Stay tuned to the Cash Flow Guys. Lawn Taco Electrical Service is a Cash Flow Guys preferred provider for all things electrical. In business since 1983, Lawn Tacos Electric is a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor serving the Tampa Bay area. The company has extensive experience in both residential and commercial electrical service. A professional electrical contractor is a critical member to any investor's team. Don't take chances with the lowest bidder. Hiring a licensed professional saves you time and money. Don't let your cash flow go up in smoke. Instead of calling the fire department, call Lawn Tacos Electric at 727-938-8895. Welcome back, folks, to Cash Flow Guys podcast. This is Leo Young. I'm with my partner here, as always, Tyler Sheff. And Tyler, before we went to break... We were talking about prohibited transactions within the self-directed IRA. Let, let's take that uh, as a side note. Let's talk about prohibited holdings in a self-directed IRA. Prohibited holdings, these are the things that we were talking about earlier about what you cannot purchase. I just want to expand on that a little bit. Uh, collectibles we talked about, works of art, rugs, antiquities, things like that. Metals other than gold, silver, and palladium bullion. I don't even know what palladium bullion is. What is palladium bullion? Palladium. I know what a bullion is. Palladium. Isn't that out of Chicken a cartoon? Beef bullion. <laughs> beef bullion. Yeah, right. you can't buy that with you your IRA. You can't buy soup with your IRA. <laughs> <laughs> Gems. Uh, gemstones. Stamps. That kind of falls under collectibles. Coins. Some coins. Uh, see, you know, There's a whole list on coins that you can and cannot buy. Alcoholic beverages. There's a bummer. Yeah. Can't invest in a 12-pack of beer. (laughs) Fine wines, things like that, or any other tangible properties is defined as by the Secretary of Treasury. Well, and that is one of the things, again, you have to consider that these rules are made up to protect people. Uh, You hate to say it, but protect them from themselves. And I'm not big on, uh, you know, government controls and different things like that. But realistically, when when you're dealing with... Huge amounts of money and and that kind of stuff in these uh, IRAs and and money that is really critical for retirement. 
and what folks need to do when they're not able to work or they're no longer working, it's really important that that money that they have accrued over a lifetime or a career is there for them and is accessible. So I'm okay with the rules that are put in place. Now, let's go a little bit about the money. What happens to the money that's not invested in assets? So let's say, for example, there's a $100,000 in a self-directed IRA with, you know, Joe, the worker guy. If he wants to direct that money into a real estate transaction, which is perfectly fine, as long as he follows the rules and does what he's supposed to do, but it's only $40,000 to buy the 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 asset he's got another sixty thousand dollars sitting in his IRA. What happens to the sixty grand? Well, the sixty grand it, it stays in the IRA, but it, it in some cases, depending on the administrator, they have savings accounts and custodial bank accounts and things like that that are insured. However, it's it, the yields are very small. It's it's similar to putting it in a traditional bank accounts, traditional savings account. In most cases that I've seen, it's less than 1% or very close to 1%. So the important thing when you're self-directing your IRA is to keep your money moving. It yep. has to keep moving. And one of the things that we find a lot is that a lot of self-directed IRA holders, they'll do a transaction like you said, and they'll have change left over. And that change just sits there. Well, that money can be doing something. It could be earning something. Right. And one of the things that people miss is simple arbitrage. Retail arbitrage. Let's say, let's use a different example. Somebody goes out and you know you you, you buy a little three bedroom two bath house and you spend you've got a hundred thousand in your plan and you spend I don't know ninety nine thousand dollars on that and you still have a thousand dollars left in your account. Okay, so you've eaten up most of the account, but sure. you have a little bit left over. Right now, you want a little bit of money in there for to cover your your fees. And the each administrator has a fee schedule. Usually, just go to their website and look up their fee schedule. Yep. And you want to make sure you have money in there for fees. And let's say that uh, now the tenant on that property has started paying some rent, and you're getting six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars a month coming in. Now, over a period of time, they will build, and then you'll be able to invest in something larger. But while you're waiting for that to happen, what do you do? You you obviously leave some of money aside for reserves, so you can take care of repairs. Because again, repairs and things like that, and upgrades to the property that you bought, that has to come from the IRAs coffers. Right. If I need a new roof, I can't pull it out of my pocket. It's got to come from the IRA's pocket. Correct. So you do need to leave some money in there to be able to handle those things. And that comes down to planning your investment. It's no different than buying a property outside of your IRA. You have to have those fail safes in place. However, from time to time, you'll find that you're going to have a little extra money in there. You want to do something with it. Think about it. You go on Craigslist. Think about using, know what you know. Okay. We talked about that in previous episodes. Certain things you know. You know that, I don't know, like the jet ski is a great example. You find a, a little boat for 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Buy it with your IRA. Put it, Fix it up a little bit or have somebody fix it up. That's the thing you can't do it yourself. But resell the IRA or the, resell the asset, that little thing, that trinket. Mm-hmm. Resell it and put the proceeds back in your IRA. Be creative. Sure. Yeah. Loan the money to somebody. Let's say you you know somebody that's a not a relative, not a prohibited person, but they have a high interest credit card. Make a deal with them to where they give you a promissory note. You give them that thousand dollars or five thousand dollars to pay off their eighteen percent or thirty percent or whatever it winds up being credit card balance in exchange for giving you the principal plus interest back to your IRA, not you, but your IRA. So 
let's say you've got $3,000 in there and somebody has $3,000 on their credit card. Say, hey, you know, your interest rate's, what, 18, 20%? Yeah. Well, how about I could loan you the money to pay off your credit card for 10% interest and you can pay me back over two years? Well, that's great, but what security do you have to take a lien against their car? Mm-hmm. Maybe hold their credit card. Be creative. These are the things. And reach out to your, your IRA administrators and attend the events that they put on. They, most of them put on events and networking opportunities where you can meet real estate investors, car dealers, all kinds of things. Uh, there's all kinds of opportunities out there that are perfectly legal that you can invest large or small sums of money in to keep the money moving. That's the key about the self-directed IRAs is to keep the money moving. Well, you got, you, almost, you jumped ahead of me a little bit on that last one. I'm glad you did to, to the last point. Let's say the example you just used is $100,000 that Joe the auto worker has in his IRA, and he goes to do it and leaves a little bit left behind. Well, what if this is a 22-year-old person or someone who doesn't have very much in their IRA, just a few thousand dollars? That's a great point, reaching out to somebody that is pro- not prohibited to pay off their credit cards form, structuring it, of course, through your IRA, IRA administrator, making sure it's exactly what how it needs to be. What a win-win that is. Absolutely. Knock that high-interest credit card out. 10% is a huge yield on the money out there, and it's significantly less than what they were paying anyway. Absolutely. So it's a super, super big win-win as long as you have it structured right, and it feeds the IRA, and it doesn't feed you. You so, know, a great example of that is, and I've heard somebody do this just recently, is they had a friend that was going to go out and buy a new car, and they were going to go get a, a car loan, and they had okay credit, but not ex- exceptional credit, and I think the interest rate was going to be... I don't know, 14, 15% at the car dealership. You know, the plant, the IRA holder said, I'll buy the car cash in my IRA. My IRA is going to get a lien against the car. Right. And then you're required to hold the certain amount of insurance that I di- that the IRA dictates. And the IRA becomes a certificate holder on the insurance policy. So if you get in a car accident, the check goes to the IRA. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. And again, it's a win-win scenario. So you don't get those high interest buy here, pay here where anybody can drive off the car with a lot. Yeah, you're going to be paying gargantuan interest rates for, for that. You get them with a nominal rate that they can handle. Your IRA makes money. It's it, it's a great way to do things. Now, let's take this and kind of kind of change up the rules just a little bit here. Let's say, again, you've got that IRA holder who doesn't have a lot of money. $5,000. Let, let's make easy math. There's $5,000. But they did go to a seminar. They went to Orlando with us, or they went to St. Pete or Tampa where they're holding these seminars, and they, they, or they're listening to this podcast. And they're, they're saying, holy smokes, this is great. I want to find more information about it, but I only have $5,000 in a self-directed IRA. Can that work? Absolutely. How does that work? Several different ways. The, most, the thing you hear the most often is partner with somebody. And a lot of people, they're just not comfortable partnering with somebody. And in cases like that, it doesn't. You don't always have to partner with somebody. Now, if you're talking about the five thousand dollar person, yeah, perhaps they should partner with somebody, or they should maybe think about loaning that money out, like we talked about. More importantly, if you've got a little bit more money, let's say you're looking at a house that's boy, I wish there's a fifty thousand dollar rental house around the corner from me. I'd love to buy that house, but I only have twenty five, thirty thousand dollars in my IRA. I guess I can't buy that. Wrong. And they think, well, I, I'm going to have to partner with somebody. Again, wrong. You can get a no re- non-recourse mortgage loan 
from companies, mortgage from lenders out there, mortgage companies that specialize in loaning money to IRAs to make such purchases. How it works is it has to be non-recourse. IRS regulations say that it has to be a no-recourse loan, which means in the event of default, they can't come back against you personally because you personally aren't are not buying the asset the IRA is. And since the IRA is not a real person, does not have a social security number, there's not a, a viable way for them to have recourse. Right. So how they protect themselves is they the loan-to-value ratios are are very conservative. In other words, they want 50%, they'll loan up to 50% of the value. Well, if you have the other 50% sitting in your IRA, 50% and 50% means 100%. Right. So the guy with a $25,000 IRA can buy that $50,000 house. All that proceeds rolls back into the IRA, and the IRA makes the loan payments. The IRA administrator makes those loan payments. So the, the, the person that's making the purchase, using a non-recourse entity to cover the rest of the note, they're not making the payments. They're not writing the schedules. They're not doing any of that. Your administrator is actually the one that's taking care of all that for you. Absolutely. That's now, all done for you. I'm sure there'll be a little fee here for that, so you're going to have sure. to factor that in. But talk to your IRA administrator, even if you have a little bit of money, if you have a lot of money, if you have any money in a self-directed IRA or really any retirement account that you have. Take that guy to lunch. Absolutely. <laughs> Start, put him on. You're giving money to this program to retire with. You need to not just throw that prospectus and pro forma into a, you know, a PDF file and throw it and put it in the cloud somewhere. Take these guys to lunch. Have a phone conversation with them. Start looking at different things that you can do to help get that IRA performing better than it is. Because if it's just left in there, Tyler, it's not yielding a lot. Absolutely. It's important to note is that on that same subject is IRA administrators and custodians are not they're prohibited to recommend specific vendors and, and, and investments. However, they can talk in general terms. They can talk, you know, they can use examples of what other clients have done or what they themselves have done in their IRA. So they're a great resource. They don't say, call Tyler and Leo if you want to invest in apartment buildings. They can't do that. That's against the law, and, and as it well should be. I can say that. Call Tyler and Leo if you want to invest in apartment buildings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can say that all day long. I was like, well, actually, call Tyler. <laughs> Leo will bore you with insurance stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll talk iBanking at that point. Yeah, there you go. Call Tyler. <laughs> well, folks, that's going to do it for Episode 10 of Cashflow, guys. I want to thank you for joining my, uh, joining us on the, uh, on the radio here. And we're going to be going to Episode 11 pretty soon, and we hope that you will tune in. As always, if you want to reach us, info at cashflowguys.com. And visit our website, obviously, cashflowguys.com. We will listen for you on episode 11. Thanks so much.